question. I want to ask you guys, how many of you have ever been involved in, in building something, a building project, or building something from the ground up? Wow. Quite a few of you. How did that make you feel, to see something, to start with nothing and then to finally see that finished product uh, come to end of being, man? What was the process like? Hard? Challenging? Did everything go exactly like you thought it would? Does it ever? <laughs> Does it ever? You know, several years ago, um, Angie and I knew we, we were living at a place uh, off 81. And we just knew that we needed to get a little bit more in, in the country because we're country people. And, you know, we were looking for something and we kept riding around. Couldn't find it in Barry County, but finally found it over in Walton County. So it was a process. And back in 2003, we, we bought the land. And then a year later, we ended up building the home. I remember someone asked me the question. He said, son, how long have you been married? I said, 17 years. He said, you're going to need all the experience of that 17 years if you're going to build this home with your wife. And I, and I didn't know what he meant, but the challenges of building a house can be pretty amazing. And, and we got through it. We did it. And it was an exciting journey. And you know, I can remember us, uh, after we bought the property, I put a swing out there, and, and we would sit in that swing, and we would dream. We would just dream of where the house would be. And you know, that's so far in the rearview mirror now that, that I've been there so long that you tend to forget those things. And, and so, but the thing that I wanted to share with you about today is, you know, we get to be a part of being a part of building the kingdom of God. Now, if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. Being a part of being able to be a part of building the kingdom of God. Now, you know, as much as I love my home and much as I love that place, I was praying this morning, I realized that one day it's going to be gone. You know, how many of you uh, know a home place that was in your family that is not there anymore? Okay? It's, it, it's a matter of time, and it, it will be gone. And even the scriptures teach us that in the in the final stage, everything on this earth will be burned by fire because it will all be destroyed that way and then there will be a new heavens and a new earth for the former things have passed away. So I said all that to say this, but we get to be a part of building something for the kingdom of God, which kind of is interesting that we, you know, in my own personal life, we bought the land and then we built later. And then we're kind of going down that path even for Gratis Church. We bought the land, and when is the building going to come? If you get a chance, ride by there. The guys got out there yesterday. It's, it's looking good. The word is they're wondering if we're going to have a golf course there. You know, that's kind of the word. They're going, man, this place looks so good. It looks like a golf course. Well, it won't be a golf course, but it will be a place where God is using to change lives for the kingdom. And remember, I'll say this. You know, I've preached this too many times. Who's the building? You are. The people of God are the building of God. But a property and a place is a tool to be used for the kingdom. And we're going to be picking up on the story 
of Nehemiah. And we're in chapter 2, and we're going to be looking today at verses 11 through 20. And this is about being involved in building God's kingdom. The first thing that I want you to see is, before I get into it, I'm going to tell you a couple of quick things that we've covered over the last two Sundays. The first one was, before we build, and before Nehemiah built, he had to make sure that the people's heart was right with God, and he had to make sure his heart was right. You remember that story a few weeks ago? <coughs> Excuse me. He, had, he said, I, the people have sinned, I have sinned. So he got his heart right with God. And remember, it was the first day of October. I challenged those of you that were here that day to spend the next 30 days falling at least once a day on your knees before God and asking for revival to begin in your life. I don't know about you, but I'm glad today, day 15, has happened of going to my knees and asking God for that. So you might be here today and go, well, I didn't know about that challenge. Start it today. Start it. Because that's what we need. So that's the first part, getting our heart right. The second part we saw last week was, here was Nehemiah, and he got word that, that Jerusalem, the walls were destroyed and the gates were destroyed by fire. And so he goes to King Artaxerxes, and he gets permission, and then he asked for protection, remember? And then God provided the provision because King Artaxerxes, uh, he asked for it, but he said he was going to give him the timber to be able to, to do the walls. And so out of those things, knowing those two things, we come into this part of the story with Nehemiah. So we pick up with the fact that Nehemiah has traveled from the Persian Empire, which is modern-day Iran, all the way over back to Jerusalem in some almost a thousand miles here. So it took some time for him to get there. So we're going to pick up, and here's the first thing we're going to see that Nehemiah did. Nehemiah inspected the building project. Nehemiah inspected the building project. He had to see what was ahead of him. So let's pick up in verse 11. It says, So I came to Jerusalem, and was there for three days. And I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I did not tell anyone what my God was putting into my mind to do for Jerusalem. And there was no animal with me except the animal on which I was riding. So I went out at night by the valley gate in the directions of the dragon's well and on to the refuse gate, inspecting the walls of Jerusalem. There's your key inspecting the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and its gates, which were consumed by fire. And then I passed on to the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was no place for my mount to pass. And so I went up at night by the ravine and inspected the wall. And then I entered the valley gate again and returned. So we're seeing this is happening over a course of days here. He did it again. And then the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done, nor had I yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the rest who did the work. So Nehemiah and a few men, they go out at night, and they begin the process of inspecting, inspecting what 
has to be done in order to rebuild these walls and these gates. Pretty much the damage could have been a whole lot more than what Nehemiah was inspecting. You remember when you were going through your building project? What happens as you, as you go through the phases of your building project? There's the county always is going to bring out somebody to do what? Sign off. Just sign off. I think these guys get paid to fail you. I think that's how they make their money. They're going to find something that you have done wrong, aren't they? In order to sign off, or not sign off, but to flag you in order that you might fix it. Well, I don't think Nehemiah had to worry about that, okay? <laughs> Nehemiah, Nehemiah was taking on this project at night by himself, and he, along with a few other men, and he was looking, and boy, what he saw was bad. You know, after making that long travel uh, from the Persian Empire and finally getting back to his home place, I know sometimes... Um, I go back down south to the home place. And I go and I check the, the place and the, and the, around it and, and the grass. And I, and I look at it sometimes and I go, man, this place needs cleaning up. Man, this place is, is running down. This place is worse than I thought it was. Well, what Nehemiah saw that day was far worse than he had anticipated while he was inspecting. Which leads us to after he had gone through this process, it leads us to making us think about this thought in our lives. Now I know this is, I've talked about being a part of the building, but think about this personally and apply this personally to your life. What is it if, that, that I need to look at in my life if I were to inspect my life right now? What is it is going on in my life? Is, is, there, is it a mess? Is there some things in my life that need fixing? Is there things in my life that need repairing right now? Uh, well, if I'm honest and I look at my life right now, how is my life spiritually? How am I doing physically? How am I doing emotionally? How am I doing mentally? Don't answer that one, all right? But listen, you, you have to look at these things. And you have to inspect your life from time to time. If not, you're going to keep going on and repeating the same old patterns. And that's why I believe that the first and foremost thing that God wants us to do is to look not at my brother who's standing or my sister that's in need of prayer, but he wants us to inspect our own lives. And as we do, wow, he, it begins to get our heart right so that we can begin to help others in the process. All right, that's just a personal thing that I want you to think about as we go through this, as Nehemiah inspected the building project. Here's the next point. Nehemiah informed the people about the building project. Notice in verse 17 and 18, he said, Then I said to them, you see the bad situation we're in? That Jerusalem is desolate and its gates burned by fire. That's the first part. 
So Nehemiah tells them in the first part of verse 17 the bad news. You see the bad situation we're in? Man, this is worse than I thought. Man, these walls, it's bad. The gates destroyed. It's looking pretty bleak here. So that's the bad news. But the thing that I want you to know when he informed the people about the building project was you have the bad news, and, but you don't want to focus on the bad news. He, he knew it was bad, and he told them it was bad. But here's the good news. The good news is, look on down in verse 18. He said, I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and also about the king's words which he had spoken to me. That's the good news. Yeah, it's bad. The walls are down, the gates are burned. It's a ruined mess. It, and it's going to take a lot of work. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. God's favor is with us. God is with us. God's favor is on us. Wow. Man, that, that's, is that not important? Is that not special? Is that not a personal thing for us to know that as, as we get ready to be a part, and I've never done it before. I've never been a part of seeing a church building being built from the ground up. Every church I've ever gone to had its buildings. It already had them. Some of them were great facilities. Some of them were, hmm, you wish it had burned or something so you could start over. But, but listen, I've been in all of them. And every time I ride by and I see any buildings or I see any church, I realize somebody has put in some time and effort and a lot of work to make sure that happened. Well, I look at us, and I look at the journey that Gratis Church has been on. And I will say, and I will know with all my heart, that God's favor is on us. I hope you realize that. I hope you know that. And, you, you, and I look at you, and I, and I know that those of you that have been with us for a bunch of years, you know that God's favor is on us. And God's favor is nothing to take for granted because whose church is it it is God's church and where God leads God always provides in that process so that's what fires me up and you know and each and every time that I, I get to go by that property and I'm on it it's a reminder to me of God's favor and yes it, the buildings are not there yet but you know what I go out there and I weed eat or I get on a tractor. I do. I pick up sticks on that place and I think of the favor of God because I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. I see the buildings and I see what will come one day and I don't give up because I know the favor of God. And you know, that's, isn't that important to know? That's what keeps you going and drives you on in knowing that is that favor is favorable but here's the other thing he, he goes on and he says this and I told him the words 
that the king had spoken to me. Do y'all remember what King Artaxerxes promised him? What did he promise, O uh, Nehemiah? He asked for it. He got it. He said, can we have the timber? Can we have it to build the walls and the gates? And King Artaxerxes gave him that. And so the people heard that. He told them the words of the king. Hey, y'all, listen. The favor of the Lord is upon us, but let me take it a step further over here. That's, that's enough. But God's using this favor upon us so much that he's going to get this Persian king, Artaxerxes, to donate the wood to build the walls and the gates. Woo-hoo! <laughs> That's a good thing, isn't it? You go, wow! Wow, that's amazing that that's going to happen. That goes back and it lets me know when I begin to ask for big things and you begin that process, we never know how God's going to use and what resources he's going to do to bring honor and glory to his name in this process. Some of you know people that have, that's, that might not be as rich as what old King Artaxerxes was now. He was the ruler of the world. But you know some people that God could use to make a difference in a building project. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I do know this. When the people heard what Nehemiah said that day, Here's my next point. He, Nehemiah, when they heard it, Nehemiah invited the people to join him in the building process. He invited them. Look with me in verse 17. Verse 17 there it says, he says, Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we will no longer be a reproach. So that was the next step. Nehemiah looked at this and he said, he told them the good, bad news, he told them the good news. And then he said, come, join me, join me. This, I want to be a part of something like this. I want to be a part of something I've never done before. And, and they were, their task was rebuilding the walls. Ours is being able to be a part of seeing a building known as Gratis Church being brought from the ground up. That's what we get to get in on. So he invited them. How did they respond? My next point. The people responded by getting involved. Look what they say. Look what they said here in verse 18. They said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work. That's why they responded. Boy, after they heard that news, after they heard the favor, after they heard that the provision was coming, they said, "Woohoo! let us arise and build. And they took on that responsibility personally. Let us. I'm going to be involved in this process. I want to be a part of something. Listen, every one of us in this room are involved with stuff. You're involved with organizations, you're involved with ball clubs, you're involved with teams, you're involved with your work. You got, you got stuff that you're involved in. 
And none of that, all of that is, is good. I've been involved in it. I have people wanting me to be involved and be a part of this, be involved a part of that. And it pulls at you in a lot of directions sometimes. But the one thing that fires me up and it, and it gets me going more than anything is when I ask myself that question, what I'm, what I'm involved in, is it a part of building the kingdom of God? Is it? And when I'm involved in something that's a part of building the kingdom of God, what fires me up about that is that will last forever. That will stand the test of eternity. Because listen, I know a lot of people that are involved in a lot of things that one day it's just going to burn up and it won't matter a hill of beans. It's just going to be over. But you know what? When you and I begin to love on people and minister to people and share the love of Jesus with people, do you know we're being involved in the kingdom of God? Do you know that we get to be his hands and his feet and that get to show the love of Jesus? And when you and I get involved, these people said, come, let us build. And they put their hands to the good work. They got personally involved. You know, one of our core values, you see it on a sign as you walk by, you might not even notice it. Six of them are circled right over there. One of our core values is participation, which means I'm in, I'm involved. And you know what? I love, I love the fact that so many of you are so involved at Gratis. But there, there are those that, you know, that, that come, and they kind of come some, and then they kind of not come, and then they come some, and then they not come. And, but there's some that are that way, but they might not ever get involved in building the kingdom of God. And listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the most important thing will be my life has it made a difference in building the kingdom of God. That's what I have to ask myself. You know, I think the older you get, the more you think about this stuff. I might be wrong. I didn't think about it 20 years ago as much as I think about it now. But every day just keeps on going by and I know time remains the same, but it seems like it goes by faster the older you get. Some of y'all nodding your head, but it seems that way even though I know it's not true. But when you're 15, wanting to get that driver's license at 16, that's the longest year of your life. The longest year. But then the next thing you know, 15 has turned to 25 to 35 to 45 to 55 and I'm going to stop there and I hope to get to 65 and 75 and 85 and come on 95 if you want to but the people responded by getting involved come on let's build man let's do it let's do it well now, I'm not, I'm not saying, all right, let's get a hammer and get some bricks and let's head out to Perry Smith Road right now. I, that's not what I'm saying. Because we are inspecting. We're going around looking at other churches. 
We're waiting for God's provision. And we're going to put a plan together to help raise those funds. It's going to be starting, coming up the first of the year. But it's a process. But when the time comes, I've already talked to, to Bow Mission Builders, and they're going to bring in teams from all over the southeast. That when that time comes, they'll bring in, they got 400 people that's waiting to come to help us build. And they come in weeks at a time. But the question you and I got to be ready about is when it comes our time, we can get to say, let us arise and build. And let's put our hand to the work. But in the meantime, before that happens, I still want to be involved in building the kingdom of God. So how do I do that? Over here at the workplace. Over here at the fire station. Over here at the restaurant. Over here at the, at the group or organization that you're involved in. Over here at the chamber meeting. Over there at the ministry village. Over there at the fish ministry. Right back there in that nursery. Right out there greeting people. Pulling a trailer around and loading up chairs. You don't think that's part of building the kingdom of God, you're wrong. Everything that is done for God's glory and for God, every time you set a chair up and every time you take one down, you're thinking, God, there's somebody that needs you that might sit in this chair. That is for the kingdom of God. Don't you ever let Satan discredit what you do for the kingdom. You hear me? Every time. And every time you change that diaper and it's smelly and you don't want to ever do it again. And you think, I'm too old for this. You remember, it's for the kingdom of God. Because that little child, that little child is hearing truth that will change their life. That's what I want to encourage you with. That's why we do what we do. And that's why we're a part of something that's so exciting that, man, I, I can see it. Do I have to wait? Oh, when our team's saying, I will wait for you, I'm like, okay, Lord, I will wait. I will wait. <laughs> Every time I hook that trailer up and every time I take that trailer down, I, I'm reminded, I will wait. I will wait. But when that time comes, I think, I think the first service that we have in our building at Gratis Church over there on that property, I don't know if I'll be able to speak that day. I probably will cry the entire day. Okay? And some of you probably crying right with me, but I think that's probably what's going to happen. But it will come. Come. But here's the, here's the thing that, that I want to encourage you with. When we do all of this, don't be surprised that in verse 19 that there are going to be people that will oppose us. The last thing that I have is, is this. The people were insulted as they began to build. They were insulted. Remember those guys I talked about 
uh, last week, Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, they brought somebody along with them now to get in on it. His name is Geshem, the Arab. They heard it. And they mocked us and they despised us. And they said, what is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So whenever the process begins, and I know it will happen, there will be outside forces that will be trying to stop it and insult it and to bash it. You know why I know that? Because I know that this world is under the dominion of the ruler and the presence of this world is under Satan. But I know who is above and is in control, and that is God. So here's the good thing. Count it all joy when people say all kinds of things against you and they persecute you. Why? Because you get to share in on the glory of Jesus. <laughs> It's, it, it's not easy to, when the insults begin to come. And it's not easy when people begin to attack you. And we're going to find out a little later on, the insults were so bad that they, they began to ridicule the work that they were doing. And they said, if a fox were to jump on it, <laughs> if a fox were to jump on that wall, it'd fall down. That's what they began to say about it. Really. We'll see if it falls down. Okay? So, anybody insulted you this past week? I hope you didn't insult anybody. Because if you did, you know, you're getting in on the other side the way they do things. But, but when, when our men, uh, the men's ministry that's meeting every Wednesday out there at the property and gathering around and talking and praying... The Lord's doing something there, but the enemy doesn't like it. And he's coming after that group. And things are happening. But you know what? The enemy keeps coming, but what? We keep going. We keep going. We do not stop. Because there's the rest of the story along the way. Hey, the insults are going to come. You might get, I mean, it happens from family members. Why are you doing that? Why are you building that? You don't need that. Hmm. It can come from all kinds of sources. But know this. Nehemiah wrapped it up, and he told those guys that insulted what they were doing. He said, he answered them, said to them, the God of heaven. <laughs> Woo, I love that. The God of heaven will give us success. The God of heaven will give us success. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. But you, you will have no portion, no right, or memorial in Jerusalem. He was reminding them of who was in control. The God of heaven will give us success. And we're going to build this. And he... He knew that those, those group of people were not a part of Jerusalem. And he said, you're outsiders. We've come back home to rebuild this. And you will have no part. You will not have any inheritance or anything to do with what God is going to do here. And that's how the story continues. So, I ask you to bow your heads right now. And I'll invite you to do this with me.